Greetings, film pals. I bid you welcome to The Cinematic Crypt, a movie podcast hosted by Movie John's Old Sport and Classic Coroner, Rosalie Kicks, me. Each episode, I travel six feet under and pry open a coffin of one of my favorite Hollywood corpses and perform a post-watch examination of one of their forgotten films. Lend me your ears and listen along as I summon the spirits of Hollywood's dearly departed and uncover your next favorite film from the grave. Before we descend into the crypt, I will begin with reading my obituary, a notice of what I have been up to since we last spent time together. As you probably realized, I skipped the first episode of November because, well, I was exhausted, film pals. Three weeks ago, we shot our short slasher flick, Pizza Man, that I wrote and directed with my best friend and film pal, Katie McBrown. Guys, making movies is really hard, but it is so damn fun. There is a part of me that feels sad that it took me this long to attempt another production. The first narrative short I made was during my college years, back in 2005. It was the first short screenplay that I wrote and then directed. It was beautifully shot on Super 16 film, and in watching it now, I see that film truly speaks to who I was at that exact moment in time. It is very special to me, entitled Lost and Found. It tells the story of a couple that discover an old pink Converse sneaker at a thrift store with the words written on it, if found, please call this number. Well, they buy the shoe and call the number. It's sort of like a modern day Cinderella story and the young man hopes he will find the punk rock princess of his dreams. Meanwhile, his lady friend feels he already has. I can still recall the energy I felt while making this project. I remember the exact moment when I realized that this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I never felt so alive. I was standing in a retro diner and we were shooting one of the final scenes of the movie and that is when I knew I had the curse. The curse to be a filmmaker. So a few years pass and I attempted another short film called Pinheads. This was a story about a gang of mediocre villains, one of which is a cupcake bandit. He decides to leave his life of crime behind and in turns seeks out a respectable career as a plumber. This project was riddled with problems along the way and it took me a very long time to see the awesomeness that was accomplished. Like I said, making movies is really hard. Anyone that attempts to do this incredible feat should be proud, especially if you manage to cross the finish line. Unfortunately, 
I tortured myself over this project for a long time, years in fact, believing that I should not ever make films and thinking that I was a failure. I was being ridiculous. After Ben told me this about 17 times, I decided to take another stab at this movie-making flim-flam, because guys, like I said, I have the curse. So let us hear what he has to say. And we are not paying you to quarrel with the police. Oh, I don't care if you pay me a dime. Shin, if you arrest Miss Lane now, there'll be a lot of nasty newspaper headlines. Hold off for 24 hours and I'll be responsible. Better than that, I'll prove that she's innocent. You're making yourself ridiculous. I'm trying to protect one of your stars. So more years went by, and I was brought into the movie John fold by the great and powerful Frantum, aka Francis X. Friel, and was reminded that movies are all that matter. Then there was a meeting at a coffee shop. Fellow movie genre and podcaster of the show, Hate Watch, Great Watch, Hunter Bush, and I met to discuss the creation of Pizza Film Club. This is a monthly club in which we meet up with our film pals, watch a flick, and eat pizza. During this meeting, I was reminded of the script that I wrote with my film pal, Katie McBrown. I excitedly told Hunter all about it. The two eccentric elderly people who are stuck in a time warp after their son had been run down by a pizza delivery driver. Then they vowed to take revenge on the local pizza restaurants and run them out of town. Years later, when a new shop opens, Pizza Heaven, the couple takes revenge. This was Pizza Man. After I finished giving Hunter the 411 on the film, he asked me the question, which led to the point we have found ourselves now. Why don't you just make the film? It took me a while to answer him, but then I realized, yeah, why don't I just make it? As the McFly boys have taught us, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. The production of Pizza Man feels like a dream at this point. The crew was absolutely fantastic, and I believe what made everything seem so magical was that everyone was so collaborative. I never felt that my and Katie's vision for the film was compromised, nor do I feel that it was a our way or the highway attitude. Everyone working on this film was genuine. Everyone wanted to make the best film possible. And I can't wait for you all to see it. Now keep in mind, we still have a ways to go. What is it, Max? The cameras have arrived. They have. Tell Mr. DeMille I'll be on the set at once. What is this? Well, it's one way to get her downstairs. Mm-hmm. Let's have the car right outside. Okay? Everything will be ready, madame. Thank you, Max. You'll pardon me, gentlemen but I must get ready for my scene. The next step is for myself, Katie, and the producer, Ian Kimball. Oh, and shout out to Ian. Buddy, we couldn't have done this flick without you. 
Ian not only created a great production schedule, which I have to mention, we shot this thing in two freaking days. And that included exterior scenes, car scenes, and a bunch of other wild stuff that I don't want to divulge quite yet. I learned so much from Ian, and I'm so excited to make more films with this dude. Anyways, the next step in this process will be to watch the footage and take notes regarding our favorite shots, and then send it off to the editor, another great film pal of mine, Rachel Watson, and she will put together the rough cut. Once we have the rough cut, our sound designer, Dr. Ashley Jane Carruthers, will begin to score the film. It pleases me to have so many movie genres involved at this project. Shout out to Hunter and Allison. You guys were a great help. And thanks to my husband, who I'm shocked every morning I wake up from my crypt, not to have succumbed from poison. I couldn't have done it without you, Ben. Thanks. So enough about Pizza Man, for now. I will continue to keep you posted. And remember, you can find more info about the flick over at moviejohn.com slash pizza man. Other than making a movie, I've been catching up on a lot of sleep. As for new releases, there are many great flicks in theaters right now, which I recommend checking out, such as Ford v. Ferrari. This is the perfect flick to take your family to this holiday season. For those into Stephen King adaptations, I didn't think Dr. Sleep was all that bad. However, it may not be worth rushing to the theater for. You could probably just wait for it to come on demand. I definitely think it would have benefited from a snip. It's a bit long, and I think it would have been more powerful if it was shorter. Also in theaters is the satire film Jojo Rabbit, which I definitely think is worth checking out. This is the latest film from Taika Watiti and tells the story of a young German boy at the end of World War II, whose invisible friend just so happens to be Hitler. And Hitler is played ridiculously by Taika himself. Now, the boy finds himself in quite a pickle when he discovers that there is a young Jewish girl that his mother is hiding in their attic. This causes him to question his beliefs. So it's definitely one to look out for. I believe it's only playing in a few cinemas right now. However, it is supposed to get a wider release, so watch for it. Oh, and if you visit moviejohn.com, you can check out my write-up on the latest Ryan Johnson film, The Who Done It mystery flick, Knives Out, which I thoroughly enjoyed and have deemed it to be part of the wills and thrills genre. If you are looking for another family flick to see at Thanksgiving, this one would be absolutely perfect. And lastly, if your family is into the weird and bizarre, maybe Parasite is up your alley. And I don't know, again, if this is playing wide, um, so you might have to seek it out, but if you can find it, you should definitely see it. All right, film pals, time to grab your cape and get more comfortable. It is time for our regularly scheduled spooky program. Follow me, but watch your step as you descend down to the cinematic crypt. (laughs) 
I had previously mentioned that November would be deemed Noir-vember, and that I would watch two noir flicks that I had not seen before, but have been meaning to watch. Well, unfortunately, time got the best of me, old sport, and I was only able to get to one new-to-me noir, which was actually the film Laura. I enjoyed this film, as it stars one of my favorite actresses, Jean Tierney. However, it wasn't one of my favorites. Since this month had gotten away from me, and hey, I'm not beating myself up over it. I am really trying to go easier on myself. I want to take a second to elaborate on this, as I think it's important because maybe somebody out there needs to hear it too. But it is okay if something does not go exactly as planned or intended. I used to allow myself to fall into these really dark holes every once in a while and beat myself up over things that I didn't complete or didn't get a chance to do. Well, that's over. I'm not doing that anymore, and I refuse to fall into a rabbit hole. No more. Nah. I have movies to make and things to do, and unfortunately, sometimes I need rest. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to do a deep dive on Laura, but instead will share with you three of my favorite noirs and give a brief reason of why, hopefully encouraging you to check them out. Now, before I dive into my list, though, in case you are new to noir, I thought it would be helpful to define it. And so I did a quick Google search. And film noir is a cinematic term used primarily to describe stylish Hollywood crime dramas, particularly those that emphasize cynical attitudes and sexual motivations. The 1940s and 50s are generally regarded as the classic period of American film noir. Now, often these films will have stark lighting effects, frequently use flashbacks, they have intricate plots, and an underlying existentialist philosophy. So here we go. I'm going to share with you three of my favorites. I'm going to start with number three, which is Double Indemnity. You're a smart insurance man, aren't you, Mr. Neff? Well, I've been at it 11 years. Doing pretty well? Mm, it's a living. You handle just automobile insurance or all kinds? All kinds. Fire, earthquake, theft, public liability, group insurance, industrial stuff, and so on right down the line. Accident insurance? Accident insurance? Sure, Mr. Dietrichson. We should tell me what's engraved on that anklet. Just my name. As for instance? Phyllis. Phyllis, huh? I think I like that. But you're not sure. I'd have to drive it around the block a couple of times. Mr. Neff, why don't you drop by tomorrow evening around 8.30? He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean. There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket. Suppose I let you off with a warning this time. Suppose it doesn't take. Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles. Suppose I bust out crying and put my head in your shoulder. Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder. That tears it. Eight thirty tomorrow evening, ma'am. That's what I suggested. Will you be here too? I guess so. I usually am. Same chair, same perfume, same anklet. I wonder if I know what you mean. 
I wonder if you wonder. It was a hot afternoon, and I can still remember the smell of honeysuckle all along that street. How could I have known that murder can sometimes smell like honeysuckle? Maybe you would have known, Keys, the minute she mentioned accident insurance. But I didn't. I felt like a minute. This movie is set in the wild world of insurance, starring Barbara Stanwyck as Phyllis Dietrichsen and Fred McMurray as Walter Neff. The film was written and directed by Billy Wilder in 1944. It tells the story of an insurance salesman that gets roped into an unhappy wife's plan to whack off her husband and turn murder into cash via insurance fraud. I think what I love most about this film, besides just the overall look and style, are the characters. The characters, especially Walter's boss, are so great. If you have not seen this movie, I highly recommend checking it out. And it's a great entryway into noir. My second favorite is Pick Up on South Street. This movie is one that I recently stumbled upon and has led me to my obsession with Richard Whitmark. If you read the column Classic Corners that I write with my film pal, Dr. Ashley Jane Carruthers, over at moviejohn.com, you may already be aware of this flick as we autopsied Thelma Ritter. Now, Richard Widmark plays a pickpocket, Skip McCoy, that unfortunately lifts a microfilm message with government secrets intended for some shady characters. This finds Skip to become the target of a communist spy ring. So as much as I loved meeting Richard Widmark, this movie also features an amazing performance from Thelma Ritter as Mo Williams, who has made a career as being an informant for the police, calling people tiger and selling loud, flashy ties. That's right, ties. She carries around this really weird little suitcase that opens up and it displays these ties that she sells. It's awesome. But Thelma was actually, like I said, the focus of our classic corners column when the doctor and I wrote about this movie. And it is by far probably my favorite character that Thelma played. Again, this movie has incredible style, production design, and memorable characters. If you have not seen it, then you probably don't know that the best way to chill your beer is at the bottom of a lake. So you should definitely check it out. Post haste. From the bright lights of Broadway, through the subway undergrounds, to the gutters of South Street, they followed this woman. The bee girl who became a sitting duck to track down her man with a caress, a kiss, and a promise. As the whole underworld joins in a scorching counterblast against the spy menace in Pick Up on South Street. Starring Richard Whitmark as Skip, the pickpocket who got his fingers into everything. <laughs> Gene Peters as Candy, the bee girl, who could be so sweet for the right information. Thelma Ritter as Moe, the stoolie. Even in her business, she drew the line somewhere. That film you stole had government information on it. That girl was carrying TNT and it's gonna blow up right in your face. How many times you've been caught with your hand where it doesn't belong? Boy, the pitch. I kissed a lot of guys, but honest, Skip. 
I never felt like this. Where does he live? Okay. My favorite noir is the 1931 Fritz Lang film, M. This is an absolute masterpiece. And for many, they believe that it actually led to the creation of many of the American film noirs that came to life in the 40s and 50s. And something that I didn't mention earlier, um, but really need to, is that most film noirs are shot in black and white. Um, you do have some that are shot in color, but that wasn't until a little bit later. Um, and actually one that comes to mind that I absolutely love is Leave Her to Heaven, which is a Gene Tierney film. And that was shot in, I believe, Technicolor, um, but it's absolutely gorgeous um, and definitely another one to add to your list. But M stars Peter Lorre and is only actually his third film. And it tells the story and it's set in a German city and they are searching for a child murderer. There are shots in this film that will stay with you. I actually first saw it on the Criterion channel, which if you don't subscribe, I highly recommend it. It's great. Um, but I actually have now purchased the Criterion Blu-ray and I'm very excited to rewatch it soon, especially because there's a ton of features that are included on the Blu-ray. This may come as a surprise, but I only started watching Fritz Lang pictures this year. Um, and what a treat it has been to find his films. It's just, it's crazy. Like I've said before, there are just so many movies out there to watch. And it's just so awesome when you stumble upon these really great ones. Um, but he directed another favorite one of mine that I watched earlier this year, Ministry of Fear, which features one of my favorite dead guys, Ray Milland, and is another good one to check out. Um, but anyway, making this list was incredibly difficult for me, as I only chose three, and I know that I will have more noir picks along the way for you. However, hopefully I have given you a new one to check out. If you watch one of these movies, let me know what you think. You can drop me a line at cinematiccrypt at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. If you have a suggestion for the show or a corpse you want me to dig up, let me know. You can also reach me on Twitter and Instagram at cinematiccrypt. For the month of December, I will be chatting about some of my favorite holiday flicks. I will be digging up some flicks that hopefully will be new to you and also share some movies that are always a must-watch for me during the holiday season. Hope you can join me on the next Expedition to the Grave. Until next time, film pals, don't forget to visit moviejohn.com shop to subscribe to the movie zine that I create quarterly with my film pals. Our next issue's theme is LGBTQ, and we'll focus on love of all kinds, because hey, Love is love. I'm so excited to read everyone's take on this theme and hopefully find some new flicks to check out. Shout out to my Canadian film pal, Dr. Ashley Jane Carruthers, for providing and creating the tunes that you hear on this program. Also, thanks to fellow movie genre, the Hollywood hunk, Hugo Marmuji, for the rad Cinematic Crypt logo. Thanks, guys. It is now time to close the coffin. 
Here I leave you to rest with my latest epitaph, my tombstone quote, compliments of Mo Williams. Ask a silly question, you get a dopey look. For when I crawl into my coffin, please don't waste my time with insolent questions. I have winks to catch up on. Goodbye, film pals.